Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Live to tape. Welcome. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Live to tape from the home studio apartment. I just got back from the dentist. What a scam. Every time I go, they tell me how great my teeth are. And then they tell me, well, but you have two cavities. You have one cavity. I've never felt a cavity in my life, but I've been drilled for them. I've never, I've never had a toothache before. Oh, but I got plenty of fillings. Boy, do they see me coming every time. You're going to have to make another appointment. We're going to stick the drill in your mouth and then bill you however much money. Oh, is insurance going to cover it? Sure it will, but you're, there's a copay, though. Yeah, I don't, and it's one of those scams, too, where they, like, you have to pay up front, and then insurance pays you back. So if there's any problem with insurance, it's on me. It's not on the doctor's office. It's ridiculous. But I've got other things to worry about. This isn't the Sam Goes to the Dentist podcast. This is the Sam Roberts Wrestling podcast, and we got a lot of wrestling to talk about. Um, I'll talk to you a little bit about the panel that I'm doing at New York Comic Con this week. I don't know for sure if we're going to be able to record it. If we can record it, maybe I'll play it for you here on the podcast if it's something you want to hear. Uh, but I don't know for sure. Uh, however, however, and I'll also talk about uh, uh, No Way Out, SmackDown and Raw this week. I want to finally get into, because I keep saying I'll do a YouTube video and then I don't get around to it. So this week I'm finally going to talk about uh, all this talk about TNA getting bought out and what I think of it and who should be buying it. So we'll get into all that. But first, uh, I started a brand new show on Sirius XM. It's called Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. Every morning, live, starting at 8 a.m. Eastern, we're on XM 103, Sirius 206. Uh, it's yours truly as well as comedian Jim Norton uh, every single day. Uh, so it's a lot of fun, and the reason I bring it up is because we had a surprise pop-in this week from the Bellas, our old friends, the Bellas. Nikki and Bree, of course, promoting Total Bellas, which at the time of this recording, I have not yet seen the premiere episode. Now, that should be something, you know, I have to move the podcast either to late Thursday instead of Thursday morning or Friday. But I could include Total Bellas recap. What do we think? Are we thinking? No? I didn't think so. So... We won't uh, we won't be able to do a recap of the show, but I'm excited about it. I watch all I watch the Total Divas show. I watch to- I'm gonna watch Total Bellas. I'm I'm pumped for it. I, maybe it maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's not supposed to be directed towards me, but for some reason it's working. I think it's a good show. And you know what, Daniel? If Talking Smack has proved nothing else, it's that Daniel Bryan knows how to make good TV. He knows how to push people's buttons, and there's nothing funner than watching people have their buttons pushed. So, Nikki and Brie Bella stop by the studio. 
on Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. And as much as I want all of you to get yourselves a SiriusXM subscription so you can hear the show, I those of you who can't do it, I don't want you to be without these great wrestling interviews. So here they are on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. It's the Bella Twins. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Come in. Welcome. How are you? Yeah, We're live, so. Oh, you're live. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to jump on a mic then. Jump on a mic. Nikki Bella. Hi. How are you? Do you know Jim Norton? Jim, I feel like we've met hey. before. We you have a, yeah. Hello. Your face Hello. looks super familiar. How are you? Yeah. Cool. Have you ever been chased down the street? <laughs> Have I? Actually, Why you? Yeah. <laughs> One time I was chased down the street, actually, Bree and I, by Amy Schumer. Is that right? Yeah. Actually, in Nashville. Yeah. Nashville, Why? Tennessee. We walked into this bar to hear guitar playing, and we heard it for a bit, had a few beers, and we walked out. And we hear someone yelling our name, and we turn, and it was Amy, and she had just got done uh, filming Trainwreck with John. Mm-hmm. So it was a while ago, and she's like, oh, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of Total Divas. It was great to work with John, blah, blah, blah. We took a photo. So, yeah, we have been chased. Oh, nice. Yeah. Jim, uh, Nicole is dating John Cena. Yes. IRL in real life. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Brie is married that. to Daniel Bryan. Yes. Oh, okay. So you're deep in the wrestling community. Very we are. So. Okay. Well, and, and, and Nicole is one of the SmackDown female superstars. That's right. Oh. And the longest reign champion. Wish I was champion. too. And just kidding. What, you, Brie, I feel like you retired. And, and the word was, you know, spend more time with family and everything. And then immediately... Your husband's All my family's on the road. <laughs> back, yeah. Your sister's back on the road. It's funny how well, life works. And it's works. funny because at SmackDown, it's literally my mom's husband is Johnny Ace, who used to, is a power. former uh, wrestler. <laughs> okay. And people power, you might have known him on WWE. So we literally have turned into like wrestling royalty. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But so on Tuesdays, I get to see my stepdad, Johnny Ace, and I have my love, John Cena, there, and then my brother-in-law, Daniel Bryan. And it's like a big family event. Except Bree's not there. Yeah, except Bree <laughs> and my mom are doing like sleepovers together because they're missing their men. I get scared to stay home alone. But um, but it's nice because Brian and I do get a lot more time together, and, you know, we're trying to start a family, so... It's a bigger process than what I realized. Do you get mad when he, because he's like gone, because he, Brian had to retire because of concussions. Like he got a lot of concussions. They were saying at one point they were getting so serious that he was having seizures. Like WWE was just like, you can't be in a ring anymore. We won't allow you to. Right. But like, I feel like every interview that I read that he does, he says, no, I'm getting back in a ring. I want to get back in a ring. They won't let me, but I'm trying to convince them. Dude, oh, it's so frustrating. I feel like it's our biggest argument in our marriage, but it's. He, of course he would love to, you know, but um, we don't get to choose our health, unfortunately. How old and, is he? Um, he's 35. Okay, that's not old to be retiring, so I get why you're 35 yeah. and you still want to do well, it. Well, and it happened yeah. out of nowhere for him, but, um, you know, unfortunately, it's just that um, you don't get to choose your health and what, you know, happens to your body, but um, we do get to choose our next 20 years of life, our next 50 years, which we're lucky that WWE does have good doctors and that they care. Yeah. And I'm like, Brian, the minute that I... That we have a baby and you hold that baby, it's all going to be over. And, you know, Shawn Michaels told him that. He's like, you don't care about your body and everything that happens to it until you have a child. And he's like, wrestling becomes way down here because that child takes over your whole life. And yeah. I think that's what he needs. I, so I need to hurry up. <laughs> so you're just trying to get knocked up as quickly as yep. possible yeah. so like, you can. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. What yeah, you, it is. A lot of fun. What do you think it's you turned into do? work for Brian. What do you think he should do? Like, if he can't wrestle, what should he do? Should he well, teach I it love, or does he have a school? Yeah, well, he actually did get accepted to ASU, but then WWE called and he got the job as a GM, the GM of SmackDown, which he's loving. Oh, okay. So he's like an he 
on camera. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. helps out with um, you know some creative. He's the host on Talking Smack on the WWE Which Network. Which is amazing. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. he was commentating with Mauro on the Cruiserweight um, Classic on the WWE Network, which he loved. And so I think for him, it was like he was going to school to do permaculture. And then all of a sudden, all this came, and he gets to still be a part of wrestling. Okay. Yeah. What's permaculture? Um, so it's a it's a style of living where you let your you put your land together and it's natural habitat and you can live off your land. So we live in the desert, so we have desert plants and where they're planted and they can kind of grow on their own and produce food without using too much water. We use like the natural water that Arizona gives us. I have an, I have an, uh, yeah. my accountant gave me a uh, small cactus. <laughs> and, um, so you get it. I don't know how much to water it. I'm afraid of drowning it. Like yeah. My, that would, Cactus, that would be, I wonder. Cacti absorb water, though. You don't need to water them that much, right? That's what I'm well, saying. Like I don't once know. Once a week, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like good advice. Yeah. yeah. I put a Do giant glass Sunday. in every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Total Bellas is yes. the show that's coming out first. You're still going to yes. be on Total Divas? Yes. yes we'll still, still on be on Total, Total Divas. Divas. So Total Bellas is Wednesday, October 5th, 8 p.m. only on E. So you're dragging. Six episodes. And you're dragging John Cena and Daniel Bryan into becoming you know full-fledged like reality TV. Oh, yeah. Especially the road choice. No, I'm just they do. <laughs> they actually were excited about Total Bellas because, um, especially Brian, because he's like, finally, everyone can hear from me. He sits in the interview chair. He gets to tell his perspective about stuff going on. And I think the really important thing about Total Bellas for Brian is that um, you see him go through the process of finding out the bad news of never being able to wrestle again. And um, he tried so hard to be strong about it, but he couldn't. Right. And you kind of see him you know, just not take it well. And I think people will relate with that, you know, when your dreams get taken from you. But, you know, right. as we see now, he's the GM SmackDown and he's loving it. So there's a positive ending to it. That's like great. Yeah. Jim performed stand-up for a long time, but then realized he was not funny. <laughs> and so he had to give up the I'm giving up my dream. Scary. It is. So I want to speak. I, I give dramatic talks now. <laughs> I uh, love but, it. But, I would love it. But it's like I just do my act, but like people stare and I go, but, but all like, kidding. Wow, they walk away inspired. <laughs> they really do. I just yeah. keep saying, all kidding aside, folks. And it, really, it works out really well. They I know love it's it. great. That's great. I think you would be great at stand up. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I've done it and it was, it was just hard and it was scary. Well, there's a comedy, I think, a comedy store or something in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm sure they need talent there so you can come there. So that it. wouldn't be me. <laughs> well, everybody watch the show. Thank you for stopping oh, by real quick. We stole guys. you from one of your interviews. Uh, and by you. the way, too, John Cena did this uh, promo, as it's called in wrestling, on Talking Smack. Where I felt like he was just being himself. Yeah. He was amazing. 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 I was actually, well, it's cute because he called me out because I literally was just sitting there like staring at him watching because I just love everything he does. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. And like, I loved it because if you go back and look at Renee Young, like you even see her arms start getting super red. And I was like thinking like, oh, is she getting super mad? Talking right. smack is great. It gets it's very the real. Best. I there. love it. But John, he's just, man, he's amazing. Sam, I will say I was a little sad at WrestleMania or no, it was SummerSlam. I saw you retired the Brie mode shirt. Because well, there was no Brie. That's okay. I get it. Do you want me to keep wearing it? No. I just wear it forever. you don't have to, but I was a little hurt. Bree, no, no, no. You want to be a mom so he can retire the shirt. I am going to make a comeback after I have my first child. Are so you? That shirt better go back on. Uh, yeah, well, hell yeah, I am. Well, now I've been intimidated Until you get into Bree it. mode, and then you can make your oh. comeback. <laughs> We're headed to Napa Valley next week, and it's like no Bree mode. It's you're like going to so take fun. a nap when you're there? See, it doesn't work. <laughs> Here is Sam Roberts. Thanks so much to the Bella Twins for stopping by uh, the show. Uh, I wish I had had more time with them, but they're they're on they're all over the place. 
We're lucky that we got, as a matter of fact, really thanks to the Bella Twins, they were not booked to do the show. They were not scheduled to do my show. But what happened was uh, I found out they were coming up to Sirius XM. And I said, there's no way that the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast audience are going to go through this without hearing from the Bellas. So I DM'd the Bellas themselves on Twitter. And I said, hey, you got to stop by. And they said they would. And they saw me up there. And we made it happen. So thank the Bellas for going out of their way for making that happen for you. Um, you know, that's, that's what I do for a living. That's what I do uh, when I for, for that's how I make money. I do this. I do my show on Sirius XM. I broadcast for a living. But I've taken jobs to earn some extra cash. We all have taken jobs to earn some extra cash. Back in the day, before all this broadcasting, I was building lawn furniture. Okay, I was building lawn furniture on a loading dock for Smith and Hawkins. It was like going to the gym. I am not a strong man, but I was lifting up chairs. I was doing the whole deal. There's a much better way that you can earn extra money on the side. You don't have to build anything. It's so much easier today than it was for me, and that's thanks to Uber. Uber's the ultimate side hustle, my friend. Driving with Uber is a new way that you can earn extra cash whenever you want. It's not just the United States. It's not another J-O-B. You know what I mean? You're not part of the job squad with Uber because it's totally flexible, uh, and you can turn it on and off just like your car. If you have a few hours to spare here and there, you drive with Uber. Have you ever wanted to be your own boss? I bet you'd make a great boss. Drive with Uber, and you're going to be your own boss. If you're driving right now, you should be earning money. I would do it, but I'm not driving right now. I'm podcasting right now. Every day is a payday when you drive with Uber because you can cash out anytime with instant pay. With access to instant pay, cash out your earnings up to 5 times a day with no minimum amount required it's amazing if you enjoy earning extra cash if there's something special you'd like to buy your car can start making you money go ahead get your side hustle on sign up to drive with uber today go to uber.com slash drive now that's uber.com slash drive now u-b-e-r dot com slash drive now and check it out for yourselves. Uh, I thought the most interesting takeaway from that interview uh, was that Brie Bella said she was, first of all, for me, from a selfish point of view, the most interesting part of that interview was Brie Bella talking to me about my Brie Mode t-shirt. After all these years, I was mocked. I was asked why. After all these years of showing up at shows wearing the Brie Mode shirt, guess what? She noticed. She noticed me. She noticed. That is bad news for anybody that didn't want me wearing that shirt. Because I promise you now, the Brie Mode shirt is coming back, and it's coming back strong. I've said Sasha Banks is my favorite wrestler. That's fine. But I stay in Brie Mode. And I wasn't talking to you, Lila. The dog thought I was telling her to stay. And I'm going to make something very clear. Brie Mode is coming back in a big way. Why? Because Brie told me she saw it, and it made my heart all a flutter. Oh, I'm excited to bring it back. I'm excited to do a lot of things. I, I'm, I'm happy, though. Uh, uh, the real takeaway from that was that Brie said she was coming back to wrestling after she had a kid, which uh, I don't think she said before, and it didn't seem like she was joking. It seemed like she was pretty intent on doing that, so that's exciting. I mean, she'll have to have a kid soon, right? Daniel, I hope you're listening. It's your job. 
Um, but that's interesting. I, I thought she was kind of done with wrestling, but apparently not. Apparently not. Let's get into some wrestling stuff. Let's get into the state of wrestling. Let's talk about what's going on in that big sports entertainment world out there. Here it is. Time to start it off. State of wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to the State of Wrestling. And as far as I'm concerned, at the moment, I think really to me, the biggest story out there right now is the rumors about TNA's sale. And as far as I'm concerned, they're all rumors, right? Uh, uh, Obviously, to anybody that watches wrestling, TNA needs to do something fairly dramatic. TNA needs to make a major, major change. It's like every two, two or three months, there's some kind of report about TNA not having enough cash on hand to pay for their TV tapings. They didn't know. I, I was reading, and I might have talked to somebody who works for TNA days before, not a week before, days before Bound for Glory, kind of questioning about whether or not it was going to happen questioning whether or not they had the money to do this thing. Um, That's not a way a company can run. I'm surprised that it hasn't folded already with stuff like that. You can't... First of all, it's already... Look, I talked about the idea of all these promotions coming together and helping each other out with talent, and I still think that's a good idea, and it's a little different from the NWA. Um, But... In order for that to work, part of it is, yes, TNA only doing these limited shows that they're doing. They could do a little bit more than this. Right now, TNA is just running TV tapings every six weeks. And it's almost like, why are we doing this? You know? Are are we just to put on a TV show? Even Lucha Underground. Even Lucha Underground, which is just a TV show. It's not a touring company. It's just a TV show. It feels like a wrestling company. There's something tangible about it. TNA doesn't. TNA feels like it's holding on by a thread. It's felt like that for the last like two years. And every time, and nobody can really place why they are or aren't going forward with something. Like nobody can pinpoint why, for instance, Billy Corgan can't just buy the company. Does he not have the money? Do they not want to sell it to him? I don't know. But it's almost like, I don't know why Dixie Carter would want to maintain control of TNA. It's obviously a failed experiment. You know, it's at, at some point, you swallow your pride and just decide it's time to let it go. TNA needs to be put into somebody else's hands. Any responsible business owner, anybody looking over her, anybody who's looking at this thing, uh, it'd be clear that TNA has needed somebody else in charge of that company for years. It's unsuccessful, and it's not getting the audience. And that's not just in ratings. That's in terms of being a serious entity in the world of pro wrestling. There is only one other company that has national television exposure, and maybe Ring of Honor does too, but I don't get it here in New York. And I guess Lucha does too. But in terms of TNA is number two. It's still number two to WWE. Yet, it is not taken seriously in the eyes of the industry, in the eyes of fans. TNA is not looked at as an alternative. Like, 
Cody Rhodes would not have left WWE to go to TNA. The only reason Cody Rhodes went to TNA is because it's one stop of many. Nobody is leaving strictly for TNA. And, and when you find out people are, it you're really just waiting for NXT to pick them up. Like, honestly, I love that Mike Bennett is working. I love that Mike Bennett is on TV. And Mike Bennett is this, like, super talent that could be used for something really cool. But because he's in TNA... We're just waiting for the point where he ends up in NXT so he can actually make a big, no pun intended, but I'm going to say it anyway, impact, right? It needs to be put in somebody else's hands. Now, there's a lot of, first, the first rumors that popped up were that WWE was going to buy TNA. To me, that move makes no sense whatsoever. I don't think TNA at this moment has any significant value. And I I mean, I apologize to any TNA fans or anybody who's in TNA, but I think you'd have to agree with me. TNA right now does not have any value. I don't know what WWE would get out of buying TNA. You know, I, I guess the talent pool, but all they have to do, who do they really need in TNA right now? You know, I... Would Bobby Lashley come back? Probably not. Like, all these guys that are in TNA don't want to work full-time schedules. And the ones that do, most of them will get to WWE anyway. They just have to wait for their contracts to expire. There is not this, like, group of talent that is so great in TNA right now that WWE needs that it would be worth buying out a bunch of contracts. So that's out there. They were able to put together the Cruiserweight Classic. They're able to do all this without even with TNA in play. So there's not that. You know, there's not the point of buying out your competition because nobody really views it as competition. It's not making any waves. And in terms of branding, I don't know that it has any valuable brand recognition. And I don't think that the tape library even holds any weight. So, 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 and, and, and I'll tell you this, before I get into the tape library, because that's a whole other, a whole other thing, whole other rumor that's sprouting out now. I personally believe that WWE stands to benefit quite a bit more if somebody is put in charge of TNA that knows how to properly utilize their talent, their TV time, and their national brand international brand if somebody is put in there that makes tna a viable alternative to wwe you're never going to beat wwe you won't even come close but if somebody is put in there that can legitimately create a viable wwe alternative then you're going to end up in a position where wwe will prosper why because adding more great wrestling to the mix is actually going to expand the audience. It's going to increase interest in wrestling in general. More people will be watching wrestling because let's say they don't watch now, but TNA starts doing stuff so spectacular that it starts taking a few people away from WWE. Well, if it's taking anybody away from WWE, then it's probably going to garner attention of people who stopped watching wrestling quite a while ago. TNA needs to focus basically... When Eric Bischoff talks about his goals of Nitro, 
He goes over what was happening on Raw, and he decides to do the opposite. People have been very critical of the current WWE product, and quite frankly, I don't see how you couldn't be. So TNA, and whoever's in charge of it, first of all, needs to change the awful name. Because we get it. It's a double entendre. No cute names. Not even just in wrestling. If you're naming your brand something that's like cute, like TNA, like it's a pun, like it's a play on words, like it's something like that, anything that's a joke like that, the joke's going to get old. And once the joke gets old, then the company feels stale. So that's never good. So change the name for sure. Impact Wrestling is not the worst name in the world. But if you're going to call it Impact Wrestling, it needs to feel real. It needs to have some kind of uh, uh it needs to feel like it's either strong style or it's hardcore or it's more in some way shape or form impactful than what is on wwe tv right now and what they need to do is take a look at wwe tv and do the exact opposite of whatever it is that's going on do the opposite of what wwe is doing if i'm tna i'm realizing I need to focus on creating a show that is in some way, shape, or form impact wrestling. Meaning, not just it's a different TV show, but you have the opportunity to create a style called impact wrestling. Impact wrestling doesn't just have to be a word like Raw or SmackDown. Impact wrestling can be a thing. Like, oh, I watch impact wrestling. It's like, there's impact wrestling there's uh, uh, Lucha, there's WWE, there's, but Impact Wrestling is something. Like, people should be able to say, oh yeah, he's uh, wrestling Impact style. That's Impact Wrestling. So you've got to figure out what that is. Then, you have to invest in storytelling. And they've been doing a decent job uh, on some places with storytelling, uh, specifically with the Decay and the Broken Matt Hardy stuff. Um, but... Bound for Glory was not at all a bad pay-per-view. Not at all. But nobody's really talking about it or interested in it or, or giving it a fair shot because of the damage that TNA has done, which is why it needs a restructuring. And when I say a restructuring, I don't mean Hulk Hogan coming in and making it look like a bad version of Nitro from 15 years ago. I mean a restructure that reflects the current culture. And... Based on the show that exists now, I do personally believe that Billy Corgan is capable of telling those stories. I think Billy Corgan is capable of portraying Impact Wrestling in a way that it should be, in a way that is helpful, in a way that is different. And I think if given the opportunity for Impact to become better, WWE becomes better. Number one, competition. Competition is always going to make you better. Number two, what I said before, the eyes. General interest on wrestling increases. Number three, sure. If you're pessimistic, you'd say, well, now we're creating a viable alternative where WWE superstars can go. If they're not satisfied with where they are, they can go over to TNA, and that's going to you know, not be great for WWE. But at the same time, if you've got a TNA, then you've got a full roster that people are excited about. And what does that mean? An entire roster of talent. The WWE can raid at a moment's notice, the same way they did with New Japan. 
WWE can jump in and grab somebody if they're being used properly. If they're being turned into a star on TNA TV, WWE would be able to take some of that star power. There's a million reasons why a successful TNA benefits WWE. The latest rumor that's popping off as I do this podcast, and uh, Bob Ryder has said that it is not true. And I don't have any reason not to believe Bob Ryder when he says that, but it's an interesting point to talk about anyway, is there's a rumor that, I know you heard that uh, uh, honk of that car, there's a rumor that uh, TNA, is the tape library is going to be bought by WWE. And then the company itself is going to be placed in the hands of Billy Corgan. So Billy Corgan buys the company, WWE buys the tape library. Um, Stranger things have happened, certainly. I find it a little difficult to believe, but stranger things have happened. I find it difficult to believe because I don't think, just like I don't think TNA as a brand is that valuable, I don't think the tape library is that valuable to WWE. First of all, I don't think they're going to want to use the tape library of a company that still exists. Meaning, when they bought WCW's tape library, they could put out WCW home videos, they could add it to their montages, they could do whatever they want because WCW was theirs. But really, even if TNA were to rebrand and change their names, if you buy out the tape library to a company that already exists and is currently existing, then every time when you put out old episodes, when you add their footage to the montages that you're creating, like an AJ Styles montage now has TNA footage, uh, a Sting retrospective now has TNA footage, yes, that's good historically. Yes, if you want to put old episodes of Impact or something, I guess theoretically it could add profit to the network, but I don't know how many people are subscribing to WWE Network to get episodes of Impact. Um, But, yes, it could provide profit. But at the same time, what it's really doing is providing value to TNA or whatever the company would be rebranded as. Because what you're doing is every time you're putting that footage out, you're airing a commercial for the alternative to WWE because it exists. Anytime anybody's curious, if somebody's watching a montage that includes WCW footage and they're curious about it, no problem because it's not on TV anymore, which means you're not going to switch over and any sort of home video stuff or you whatever it is is all owned by WWE anyway, so we're all good. If they get curious about TNA after WWE puts it on something, then they're going to see what TNA is now and they're going to turn over. It's a great deal for TNA, but I just don't see... Unless they're buying it for like $100,000 or something cheap like that. I don't see how WWE benefits all that much from their tape library. Except that they just own everything. But I don't think anybody's missing TNA from WWE's tape library right now. I hope WWE leaves TNA alone. I think they'd be best served to. Because even if WWE buys it, puts Billy Corgan in charge... And says, okay, it's a separate entity. It's never a separate entity. It never works that way. They could have the best of intentions. It's not going to be that at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's going to be something. WCW was going to be run as a separate entity. And yeah, they didn't have TV, but look what happened. Look what happened. Contracts got complicated. And 
to me, some people love the invasion storyline. I hated it because it wasn't what it could have been. It wasn't Raw versus Nitro. It wasn't that. It was something else. Um, and a WWE controlled whatever is it, it, going to be that, if not worse. You know what I mean? So there is no, to me, it wouldn't be good news if WWE bought TNA, and it, and it's there's no alternative, I don't think, where WWE runs it independently. I think somehow Billy Corgan and whoever's with him has to come up with the money, otherwise this company's going to go down. I think, you know, he's got to, and once he comes up with the money, that's when you start rebranding. Figure out what Impact Wrestling is, and that's how you wrestle. Bring back house shows. Bring back pay-per-views. Give people a reason to watch. That's the foremost thing. That's the number one thing is give people a reason to watch. And if you do that, then I think you can be on to something. Um, but that's, that's what I think. Speaking of storytelling, once again, SmackDown is blowing it out of the water with their storytelling. Their 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 storytelling SmackDown is the best storytelling in pro wrestling right now. All told on a show. Um for a while NXT was probably the best storytelling, but right now SmackDown is just because there are clear segments throughout the show. There are many many stories being told. And there's a reason for all of them, you know, and, and and it gets you interested in all the players involved. Um, so let's see what's uh, 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 going on at, at No Mercy. I think the build for No Mercy has been good. Uh, I'm very excited about the uh, triple threat for the championship. I'm very excited about the John Cena, Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles match. I'm assuming AJ Styles will keep the title. I think that Dean Ambrose... He's he's better than he was, but I think some damage has been done to him, and I think it's he's he's got to spend a little more. He's got to go back to the drawing board a little bit, and he's got to reestablish who Dean Ambrose is. John Cena is scheduled to go away; otherwise, that would be a pick that is a possibility. So, I think it's AJ Styles, and I think it should be AJ Styles. Uh, I would love to see Alexa Bliss take the title off. <coughs> excuse me, off Becky Lynch. I think Becky Lynch is. Uh, amazing, but I think she's better sympathetic. I just don't think that she's being a champion at this moment. You know what I mean? Like we don't we root for her to chase the title, and it's a it's a it's a tougher sell to root for her uh, as champion. You know what I mean? Because then she's not chasing. She she's best as an underdog. Um, but that'll be interesting to see. Of course, the Carmella and Nikki Bella match, too. I'm just excited that there's two women matches, women's matches, at this pay-per-view. And they both have separate storylines. There's a reason for both of them. Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch is a title match that also has a story. Carmella versus Nikki Bella is a grudge match. And then, I mean, the things that they've done with this women roster on SmackDown, proof positive that all of the women should be on SmackDown. All of them. Keep the cruiserweights on Raw, which as far as I'm concerned is just getting screwed up to no end. But keep them on Raw. Give SmackDown to the women. Hashtag 
give the women SmackDown. Now, I don't want anybody to think that's some kind of domestic abuse hashtag or something, but hashtag give the women SmackDown. They deserve it, and they can make it their show. I mean, it'd be amazing. Honestly, I think the Charlotte, as big as the Charlotte-Sasha Banks match was on Raw, and as important as it was that those two main evented a Monday Night Raw show, it's the only story that the women have on Raw right now. And I'll get into that match, and I I thought it was great, uh, and I thought it was a great way to end the show. But SmackDown is where it's at for these women. Uh, I think Kurt Hawkins is scheduled to uh, be in action at the pay per view. I'm, I'm, you know, Kurt Hawkins. He's my favorite, so I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what they have in store for Kurt. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always worried. I'm always worried. I want the best for Hawkins, only the best. So you know, I'm worried that after all these vignettes, Hawkins will come out and it'll be like, and his opponent, and it'll be you know, the great Kali returning, and he'll squash Kurt Hawkins or something. That's the last thing I want to see happen. Um, but I'm anxious to see what Kurt Hawkins does. You know, Baron Corbin versus Jack Swagger, there are better uses for Baron Corbin. Uh, I think he should be beating Kane right now. Uh, speaking of Kane, the man who lost to Kane for the second time in a row, Bray Wyatt will lose to Randy Orton this Sunday at the pay-per-view. Again, I don't know how many times we can get into this Bray Wyatt discussion. Nothing that I want more than for Bray Wyatt to succeed. But I've had my heart broken so many times. I've had my heart broken so many times. It's sad. It's sad to me, you know, to watch it. And, you know, I was arguing with some guy on Twitter who said Bray didn't lose on SmackDown. It was a countout, and he decided to buy, and he lost. He lost. Bray Wyatt should be kissing Kane on the forehead and slamming his face into the mat, then pinning him one, two, three. Then Kane should go on to wrestle Baron Corbin, who also beats Kane. That's what Kane should be used for. I don't know what the purpose of having Bray Wyatt constantly lose is. Now, I could absolutely see a scenario. Here's the one way Bray Wyatt could win at No Way Out. And I don't even, I mean, at No Mercy. And I don't even want to mention it because I feel like I'm going to jinx it because it's so good. No Mercy is the perfect time for Luke Harper to return. Eric Rowan is out with an injury and... Although Luke Harper's on Raw, right? No, he wasn't drafted, I don't think. Luke Harper returning to be on the side of Bray Wyatt at No Mercy would be great. I mean, I, I, I would even be okay. if Because I think Luke Harper is a guy who deserves to get, to, to look like $100,000 million. I'm a big Luke, Har- Luke Harper fan. I'm okay with the idea of Bray Wyatt getting his ass kicked a little bit, not being pinned, and then Luke Harper coming out to the rescue and beating the snot out of Randy Orton. You know, you've done enough to... And you know what it it might be? It might be that they've done so much damage to Bray Wyatt. And as much as I think that Bray Wyatt, that character could be one of the big... To me, the future of the company is the Bray Wyatt character, potentially, is the Bray Wyatt character and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, they've done right by. Bray Wyatt, they've done completely wrong by. Um, 
So, and of course the women and my boo-boo, Sasha Banks. But they've done so poorly by, by Bray Wyatt that at this point, bring in Luke Harper and just have Luke Harper look awesome. You know, and maybe, you know, you have Luke Harper come in. He beats up Randy Orton at the end of the match. Have Luke Harper beat Randy Orton. And then at some point, Luke Harper's going to have to turn on Bray Wyatt. Or Bray Wyatt will turn on Luke Harper. And Luke Harper, of course, will beat Bray Wyatt because that's what Bray Wyatt does. He gets beat. Um, At least then, you'd have something going on for Bray Wyatt. Because right now, it's nothing. And if you're going to do nothing with him, at least do nothing in a way that pushes Luke Harper forward. That's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at. It's a good moment for Luke Harper to return and look great. So we'll see if it happens. Uh, I, I, I don't know which way to go with the tag title match. I'd be fine either way. Uh, I like the bad guy Usos. Uh, I'd be fine if Rhino and Heath Slater split up, but I don't think they're going to. So that you know, either way, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, and, of course, career versus title match. Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. And I said this a couple weeks ago or last week or something. Uh, Miz needs to keep the Intercontinental title. Miz is on a honky-tonk man-like role with that title. Uh, and and I think it's, it's, it's too good. It's too valuable to him. You have to get him away from, from Dolph Ziggler and give him a few more opponents before it's time for Miz to take his final bow. Uh, I don't think anybody, honestly, I'm sorry, I love Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I think he's very talented. He's a great guy. I don't think that anybody would be long-term excited at Dolph Ziggler as the Intercontinental Champion again. You know, and it wouldn't pan out. To me, I thought that the, the, the build for this match has been tremendous. I've loved every minute of it. I loved this segment this week on SmackDown. Um, the spirit spot squad coming back. like uh, The whole thing was great. I would like to see Dolph Ziggler lose... And come back completely repackaged. I mean, different from head to toe. Different name. I don't care if it's Nick Nemeth. I don't care if it's something else. But I think the Dolph Ziggler character has run its course. Even this incarnation of it. Where it's Dolph Ziggler kind of, you know, feeling a little bit sorry for himself. And wondering why he wasn't as successful as he wanted to be. But, like, I'm over that, too. Hopefully... Dolph Ziggler will come back as something completely different that we haven't seen before because right now it's not doing it for me. That is the direction that I would head in with Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Either way, SmackDown's pay-per-views are more compelling than Raw's pay-per-views and that's because of the stories that have been put into it. Out of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 matches on the card... There are good stories being told for one, two, three, four, five, six of them. And Baron Corbin versus Jack Swagger is a grudge match. There is a story. But six out of the eight, that's three quarters of the matches on the show, have depth to them, have a story behind them. And on Raw, it's still the it's 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 still a little bit of the same thing. Um, 
I'll tell you what I liked about Raw, because last week it was a lot of what I didn't like. Well, I'll tell you what I didn't like about Raw <laughs> real quick, but then I'll get into what I liked about Raw, because I think that there were some good things. Uh, again, Raw needs to be made over, but it needs to be made over from a storytelling point of view. It's not telling good stories, and that's the key. Um, I think that Raw, uh, the Cruiserweight match, first of all, enough non-title matches. Every time I turn around, it's a non-title match. To, to, for TJ Perkins to lose to Brian Kendrick clean, like, right after winning the title, we just got to know him. I'm being introduced to this cruiserweight champion on television. Most of us did not watch the cruiserweight classic. This is the first time we're seeing him. He's only wrestled at the pay-per-view. Maybe three matches, I think. Three matches on main roster television, including the pay-per-view. He should be on a winning streak. Why? Because he's got the title. Why have him lose? What good does that do? Brian Kendrick, his story has been told. He's got all the credibility in the world because he he's not a stranger. TJ Perkins, for all intents and purposes, is a stranger. If he's going to be the champion... He should be winning matches. So, again, I hate that they change the color of the ropes, that they do the purple lighting, that they change the mat, that they change the turnbuckles. Hate all that. Think it's very stupid um, and think that it makes – it doesn't make the Cruiserweight seem more special. It makes them seem like like a sideshow. Like, ah, this isn't raw. Like, it's an excuse when you see the purple ropes. That's a, It's a too big of a risk. When you see the purple ropes, you're either going to get excited or you're going to get a sandwich. One of one or the other. And the ratings that Raw has right now, they cannot afford sandwich moments. There cannot be get a sandwich moments on Raw. It just can't happen right now. So, don't give them that opportunity. Let them get excited when they hear or whatever DJ Perkins music is. Let them get excited for that. You don't need the purple ropes and all the purple. But then to watch your champion lose clean to the bad guy is like, I, it just doesn't, not Razor Ramon, Brian Kendrick. It's just like, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't, it doesn't add anything. And you wonder whose call that was and why somebody didn't say, what does that do? Like, it may go back, you know, Wade Teller was on here a couple months ago and you should definitely download that podcast. Uh, we should have him back on actually. Uh, tweet at Wade Keller and tell him that you want him to be back on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Maybe I'll have him on next week or something. Um, but to for somebody not – it may go back to Wade Keller's point of 50-50 booking where it's like, okay, you know, nobody is this runaway star because they all have to lose at some point so they don't – and that's dumb. That's dumb. You want to build stars. They built a star in, with Sasha Banks and Charlotte last night. I mean, on Monday night. Charlotte and Sasha, they're a, a, a terrific match. Uh, and, and they do it in such a way where Sasha gets the glory. Sasha gets to be the champion. Sasha feels like the champion. Sasha feels like she deserves to have the title. And Charlotte still has the reputation of possibly being the greatest female wrestler of all time. She can lose that match and still walk away 
with that kind of integrity. Because it's being done in such a way, and because she went out, what she have, like 12 pay-per-view wins in a row? That Those things count. That's the difference between Charlotte and Bray Wyatt. Well, it's one of the differences. Um, I can only, and it was so cool. Like, I, I like that they built the match as a main event and talked about Trish and Lita and what a big deal this was and blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I like that they did that. When they create history, it's not my favorite thing in the world. I think history is something that you don't know that you've created history until after. You know, when you go in and say like, okay, we're building this up so it's going to be history. It's like, well, that's, that's a little disingenuous. But, but, I think the moment was beautiful. Uh, I think it was done right. And I thought it was a great way to end the show. Uh, uh, I was, uh, I, I thought it was a great way to end the show. Uh, and I, I think that, that it's interesting because that didn't feel like it was separated from the show. If anything, that when I watched that women's match, I thought to myself, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins need to step it up. The universal title scene needs to step it up to match the women's division. Now, if you had decided to tape the ropes orange and put up orange lights and make the women's division look like something completely different, then I wouldn't even associate it with the universal title. But the fact is, the women feel like they're part of the show, not a separate show. And that's the level that you're comparing them on. And, and honestly, if the cruiserweights want to come in here and make 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 a, a, an impact, for lack of a better term, um, that's what they should be doing. They should be out there stealing the show, and they can't do that. I'm sorry. Maybe it's petty of me. Maybe it's small-minded. The cruiserweights cannot steal the show with purple ropes. It can't happen because all it can be is a great sideshow. It can never be like, oh, these other guys need to step up their game. Why? The only guys have purple ropes. And the cruiserweights should be incorporated with the with the main roster division and vice versa. It shouldn't be separate rules. It shouldn't be separate like uh, uh, pageantry when they when they win and lose and, and announcements are made and all that stuff. And, and we should see smaller main roster superstars in there. And we should see Rich Swan, you know, versus whoever. We should see these guys enter into the main roster. Um, I think it'd be great if Rich Swan came out and challenged Braun Strowman. What about that? Braun Strowman says he wants real competition. Rich Swan comes out. Braun Strowman goes, I said real competition. Rich Swan goes, look at my dance moves. Braun Strowman goes, I'm going to kill you. And then Rich Swan is able to beat him one, two, three kid style. I love that idea. But it, it should be not something that is like an island of misfit toys. It should be something that is part of the show. I think that that's important for the future of the division. I would, I really hope, and there's a lot of rumors about this, and it seems like this is the way things are going. I really hope that Helena Cell is going to include a Sasha Banks Charlotte match. The first female Hell in a Cell match. They're the two to do it. I don't know how they get there because they did this last week with no interference. So I don't know exactly how they get there other than they could just announce it next week. They just have Stephanie announce it. But 
that that's a match I would want to see. You know, we would assume that Rollins versus Kevin Owens will be in a Hell in a Cell, but maybe not. Or maybe they'll have three matches. <coughs> but you don't necessarily have to do Rollins versus Kevin Owens in a Hell in a Cell because I would imagine that some kind of Jericho interference is going to end the Jericho-Owens friendship at the next Raw pay-per-view, at Hell in a Cell. So if that happened, maybe you don't need to put it in a Hell in a Cell. Um, look, I thought uh, Jericho and Kevin Owens were the MVPs of the segment uh, of the show, uh, aside from in terms of entertainment, not in terms of wrestling, in terms of entertainment. Um, I actually enjoyed... I enjoyed the interview segment with Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson, uh, and that was mainly because of Kevin Owens and especially Chris Jericho. I laughed out loud when he disappeared from the camera and ended up on the other side of it. I thought that was great. Uh, you know, I didn't necessarily think that Owen, uh, 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 Ashton and Danny Masterson were great on commentary, but what did you expect? You know, and, and I understand why they do that sometimes. But I, I thought they were awesome. I thought... Owens and, and Jericho were great, uh, although I think you could have built that New Day match into something cool. You know, I think I thought when New Day were like, we're not going to do that right now, I was like, oh, cool. So they're going to do this, what, at the pay-per-view? Maybe they'll have Kevin Owens fight twice? That would be cool. It'd be great if Kevin Owens has to fight twice at Hell in a Cell, if he has to do the tag match and his title match, because then he can blame Jericho for making him wrestle twice. Because Jericho put so much pressure on him, there's a lot of things you could do. I was surprised that they did it on Raw. Um, I don't think they should have. Uh, but, but, still, it was good to see. It was good to see. Uh, all right, that's it for this week's State of Wrestling. I do want to tell you that you can sign up to drive with Uber and earn extra cash whenever you want. It's totally flexible, uh, and you're your own boss. You can cash out up to five times a day no minimum amount required you get your money right away sign up today at uber.com slash drive now that's uber.com slash drive now and i also want to tell you guys that anybody in the new york area that's listening to this podcast before sunday come down to new york comic con if you're especially i don't know if you can still get passes or not but if you're going to new york comic con it's going to be an amazing time there's a lot of people having appearances and everything but Lucha Underground is doing a huge uh, panel. Ty is going to be there. A whole bunch of people. Rey Mysterio is going to be on this panel answering all the questions about Season 3 on the El Rey Network. And guess who's going to be hosting that panel? Guess who's going to be your moderator? Yours truly, the last professional broadcaster, Primetime Sam Roberts. That's right. I will be hosting and moderating the Lucha Underground panel at New York Comic Con this year. It's this Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. I don't know why I said Eastern, because if you're in New York for Comic Con, you know what time zone it is. So if you're going to Comic Con, if you're going to New York Comic Con, make sure you look up the Lucha Underground panel. It goes down uh, uh, Sunday at 4 p.m. It's going to be me hosting with, a, with a, everybody, everybody from Lucha Underground. Um... I might get into a knife fight with Alberto Del Rio. I'll tell you this. I'm at least going to pretend I did. Whether it happened or not, that's up to you and all the rumor mills to figure out. Because as far as I'm concerned, this Sunday, 4 p.m. at New York Comic Con, I'm going to host the Lucha Underground panel. Then 
I'm going to get into a knife fight with Alberto Del Rio. It's going to be very, very exciting. I hope a lot of you are there. I hope some of you are there. I hope one of you is there. Whoever can make it, please, the more the merrier. And, of course, it's free. Once you're in New York Comic Con, all the panels are free. So if you have passes to the con, it would be in your best interest to get your butt to the panel Sunday at 4 p.m. Thank all of you for joining me here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast this week, and we will see you with more of everything going on in this crazy world of sports entertainment next week. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.